Hi, hello, and welcome to season three of Blazing Comments. I'm your host, Callie Kennedy. Blazing Comments is a podcast I created to connect with new friends and reconnect with old friends. It gives us an opportunity to talk about our favorite forms of media, such as movies, music, TV shows, and a few books. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy this episode of Blazing Comments. Ow. It is a great movie. Never gets old. Never gets old. I don't know anything about communication theory, but I know a lot about Legally Blonde now. (laughs) On today's episode of Blazing Comments, we will be discussing Fearless and Red, Taylor's version, with my friend Cullen. This is your spoiler warning if you have not listened to the album's Fearless or read Taylor's version, or I guess the original version, none of this will make sense. Um, Also, if you don't like Taylor Swift, this won't make any sense. So why did you click on this? Anyway, thank you. But we do like a little introduction. So if you would like to introduce yourself... Okay. The podcast that only four people listen to. (laughs) Not after this one. Taylor's going to find it somehow. And it's going to be, we're going to enter a new era. It's all new era. It's all happening. (laughs) Well, my name is Cullen Hughes. I am a Swifty. I guess I should say that. Um, Still waiting on my official membership card to come in the mail to confirm that I am a Swifty. but, But I know I am deep down in my heart. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't really know what else to say besides that. My name is Cullen and I'm really excited to be here. All righty. Um, and then we just, I'd usually do these icebreaker questions just, uh, I guess because it's like a podcast where I talk to people I'm friends with, which we've known each other for a while. (laughs) While, yeah. A while. (laughs) Um, But uh, I usually start off with uh, what pronouns do you use just to be, you know, courteous, you know, manners. (laughs) My pronouns are he, him, his. All righty. (laughs) And yours? I am she, her. Okay. Uh, that that seemed like a weird statement, but yes, I use she and her. Um, I oftentimes also uh, talk to myself and I use we, and I talk to people. I'm like, we don't do that. And then I go, that sounds a bit strange. It sounds like there's more of me. It's there just the isn't. one. It's, it's just, just me. us. Just us meaning me. <laughs> Mentally, I'm more than one person. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> There's a lot of people up in here. But. Yeah, they, they say a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and I always have to ask, how do we know each other or how did we meet? We were very small children. I was going to say, I don't, was it St. Philip's or First Baptist that we? I, it was, I believe it was First Baptist okay. because your older brother and I were in the same classes, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although I am, I was older than everybody because I had to repeat the second grade. I did not know that. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm a genius now. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. I'm super smart. It's that first Baptist education. Oh yes, the fear. And then this fun one is if you had an entrance song, like in a movie, what would it be? Um, 
I, I'm very curious because people, a lot of people have different perceptions of themselves. Gosh, I have no idea. Or here's a better one to go thematically. What is a Taylor Swift song that you think describes your life or your life right now? Mm, my life right now. Probably never grow up because I think like that song is about her like moving into an apartment in a big city and she wishes she was young again and I just started a job in San Antonio so I'm in my little one bedroom apartment and I you know it's just weird after four years of college and having roommates every year suddenly I'm when I turn the light off there's no one that I'm like saying goodnight to or you know no one whose dishes are in the sink when I wake up in the morning it's just me and I wish that I was back home with my parents or you know had roommates so it's just it's weird growing up 23 feels like nothing is happening in 23 but also everything is changing yes that's what the year that i turned i graduated in 2018 which so i graduated at 23 and then like 10 days later i turned 24 Mm -hmm. it was a weird time but um there is it a blink 182 song I don't know. There's a song that I've been listening to because I, the Spotify playlist I've been listening to for most of this year, why most of my um, Spotify rapped was, you listen to a lot of pop punk music for some reason. <laughs> and it's like, nobody likes you at 23. I don't know who it is, but being 23 where nobody likes you. Where you're just absolutely like, insufferable. Yeah. I And I would agree. After living through 23, I was like, I was absolutely insufferable. <laughs> At 23. I am embarrassed by like the person that I was three days ago. So a year from now, I can't imagine what I'm going to think of me in this moment. I'm probably going to text you a year from now and be like, please, God, delete this episode of the podcast. I hate this person. Like, give me a do over. Can we re record it? Can we re release it? Can we do um, Callie and Cullen's version of the podcast? I want to redo. A redo. I'm loving it. I really wish that 2020 didn't count. <laughs> Because then I could have insurance longer. But. I I agree. I think that we should all just... Oh, that, that was not a year. That was not a year. I did not turn 25 in 2020. No, nope, you're wrong. Mentally, I aged about like 20 years, but I, I'm, I, yeah. I count that. I feel like I could be 90 years old at yep. this point. Yep. I'm just like, I spent... And, even when I went to graduate, when I started graduate school and I talked to people, I was like, it's been so long. I don't remember how I used to laugh before the pandemic. Yeah. Because I sat so many days alone in the silence or watching Arrow, but that's not the point. Um, and I don't remember how I used to laugh. It is so strange. It, God, it's been so weird. Yeah. Just, and, it's, and it's like such a weirdly psychological thing to be like, how did I used to say that? Or how did I yeah. used to, like I said, laugh? Yeah. And it's like super weird. And everything is so exhausting. I'm like, how did I make it through a whole day before I get tired after like going to oh, the yeah. grocery store or something? Oh, just yeah. one thing that in the past was like an ounce of my day. And now I'm like, that's it. I'm done for the day, guys. I went to H-E-B and I got 10 items, like 
don't talk to me for the rest of the week. I'm, I'm maxed out. I don't like how everything feels like it takes much longer to do. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, every time I have to go to the grocery store, it, like, takes an hour. It does. Good point. Good what point. happened? What happened in the last two to three years that it takes this much longer? What is going on, guys? What What's what's really going on? I want to know. Is it a time warp? Did y'all just lie to us and it's a time warp? <laughs> Where am I? Who if are we're going to go into another dimension, can it be a better one? Please. God, I'm Please. <laughs> Anything else. <laughs> anywhere anywhere oh my god um so moving on are you an early bird or a night owl i know you just said that you're like it knocks me out (laughs) i so i used to be a night owl i in college i was it was you know till four or five a.m just because that was that was when i did my best studying that was when i you know could focus the best um but now i've been and I hate it, but I've been waking up on my own at like 7.30 or 8 every morning. So I guess I'm slowly becoming a morning person, which I'm not super psyched about. It's not my favorite, but I think that's who I am now. I, I'm i a nightmare human. Um, I do not apparently, according to my therapist after talking to her about this, uh, I apparently have no... Uh, regulation of my circadian rhythm in a perfect world in a perfect world i would like to be a morning person an early bird like somebody that drinks their coffee on like a a nice patio or porch and like sees the sun rise and like i don't know talks to birds or some shit whatever they do those whatever people whatever morning people do i don't know what they do Have it all together, I guess, is what they do. Have their whole life figured out. How many cups of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice do you have every morning? I am a coffee addict. Mm -hmm. I have to know if you're a coffee addict. (laughs) It is definitely coffee in the morning for me. I think I think I have like maybe two two cups in my apartment. And then when I get to work, I think I have like two more cups throughout the day there. Um, So I guess four in total. So that's not too bad um because of my night classes i was drinking like six to eight cups of coffee a day it, like, it's just so good it's so good but it's also i really do understand um i took as my in undergrad for my minor i have a minor in psychology i took a substance abuse course mm-hmm. and caffeine is the number one addictive substance and like when you really don't think about it you're like, no, but when you really like sit down and think about it, you're like, okay, how many cups of coffee did you have? How many caffeinated teas did you have? How many sodas did you have that have caffeine in them? And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, that's truly an addiction. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. What are three of your favorite movies? Three of my favorite movies. Um, let's see. Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my favorites. I love Wes Anderson. Um, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I remember loving it when I did see it and I've been wanting to watch it again so bad. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but I love that movie. Let's see. I love like old Hollywood classic movies um so like sunset boulevard is probably one of my favorites timeless i love it um i don't think it's 
streaming anywhere, which sucks, um, but it's a great movie. And then let's see, I'll spice it up a little bit. Um, if we're thinking like rom-coms or something like that, The Other Woman is one of my favorite movies. The one with Kate Upton, Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, I think Nicki Minaj is in it for like five minutes. Yes. Great movie. I, that one should have won, like we were talking about earlier, you know, yeah. beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That one is a best picture winner in my mind. So uh, You're actually the first person that I have asked this question that said the Grand Budapest Hotel. That is one of my favorite movies. And I showed it to some of my friends and they're like, yeah, this is very much something that you would like. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And they're mm-hmm. like, it's just a very particular type of movie. Uh-huh. It like, just, it reminds me, anything Wes Anderson reminds me of like that one scene in Toy Story 2 where the guy's like cleaning up Woody, you know, yes. and he swabs his eyes and like stitches him up. It just, it scratches some part of your brain. Wes the detail. Anderson. Honestly, yes. the detail. Oh, great movie. Great movie. The other woman, also another one of my like backlog favorites. I usually mm. say like... One of my favorite movies is like Sense and Sensibility with uh, Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. um, Grand Budapest Hotel. And then like, I usually say, I don't know, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I watch that one a lot because it's my depression movie. <laughs> like when I'm like really having bad time, I'll watch Thor Ragnarok. And I'm like, well, it could be Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> my depression movie is The Help. It, I don't know, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite books. It has been for as long as I can remember. I don't, I don't know if cancel culture has gotten to the help yet. I hope it doesn't because I really, really like that movie. But that it, I will sob the whole time. I will cry the whole time. I remember watching the movie and then reading the book and then rewatching the movie and then being like, I have. They've made choices. They made choices about what they cut out, and I was like, Yeah. They do. It turned. I've only read the book once. I feel like the book was a lot less like white saviory yeah. than the movie was. But anything with Viola Davis, it as she is, she She's is great. out. Yeah, She's great. And then again, Emma Stone, who we talked about earlier. Octavia Spencer, just a great cat. Jessica Chastain. The, it truly has a great cast. Uh, the film. Again, like you said, the white savory thing, I I have, I, I can just say I have mixed feelings. There are a lot of things that I've rewatched in like the last two years where I'm like, time was not kind to you. Mm-hmm. Did not age well. Did not age well. No, no. And that's like, I, like I said, I love watching like old Hollywood movies, but it's so hard because sometimes you're just like, 40 minutes into this movie and you really love it. And then, you know, they just make some comment about women that they probably shouldn't have made in that time, but especially yeah. now. And it it just, it really takes it out of you because you're you're so invested. Yeah. <laughs> Choices were made. They were not the right ones. You no, know, you, you get those old white men executives in a room together and bad shit happens. And then you get movies like that. Yeah. And then, or you get like one of my, another one of my favorite movies, Charade with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. The age gap between them just, it feels wrong. Yeah. 
love the movie, love the characters, love them together. But you really, you sit there and you think about the age difference between Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn at the time. And you're like, this just feels wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've come a long way, but also not very far at all. No. Yeah. Still, it still happens now. You still have a 40 to 60 year old man with some woman that's between the ages of 19 and 30. Uh-huh. You're like, uh, I, I really have a problem with people. Ages, but a number after you're 18. I'm like, yeah, but well, this will come up when we talk about all too well. They are a child. Even at 18 or 19, that is a child. It, you're right. Age is just a number, but numbers are important sometimes. Yeah, I yeah. think I think for legal reasons, a very big deal. I for think legal reasons, they're important. Counting is a crucial backbone of our society, guys. So let's keep this in mind. Yes. And then I guess just to round off these icebreaker questions before we get into some, I don't know, it might be dramatic. I feel like it might be a little bit dramatic. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2022? What am I looking forward to? On a lighter note, I am really looking forward to finally making French onion soup in my apartment. I love French onion soup. I finally have, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I finally have like a Le Creuset pot and I have been dying to cook French onion soup and just haven't had time. Um, But I've actually got it booked on my calendar that the second weekend in January is French onion soup cooking time. So I'm very excited for that. Um, Let's see, something more serious. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like nothing is going how I've envisioned it. Not in a bad way. Yeah. I, mean, I like where I'm at right now, but you know, six months ago, if I'd envisioned where I'd be right now, it would not be, you know, in this job that I have also having to do Uber Eats on the side so that I can afford to pay rent. So I don't know what 2022 is going to hold. Hopefully a, a different job or the same job with better pay. Um, but hopefully that's somewhere in there. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had job interviews in the past where they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And you're like, uh, hopefully alive. Like, and they're like, that's not a good enough answer. I want you to give me like uh, bullet points. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in the next two hours. I, I don't in my five year plan you know, the job that I'm working, the job that I have isn't what comes to my mind first. I don't, I don't dream of working. That's not really, I'm going to go wherever. I don't have a, you're, you're saying you do not have a dream job. You do not dream of labor. I don't dream of labor. I really (laughs) don't. I would love to work for Disney. Maybe that's the one labor that I dream of doing is doing marketing for the Disney parks. But guys, I mean, early retirement is the goal here. So I'm going to, I'm going to go wherever the money is so that I can get the hell out of the rat race as quick as possible. I do not. I I don't know how, if I've said this on the podcast before. I hate hustle culture. I hate it. I just want to be able to one day work one job and not have to worry about making more money on the side to get to ends meet. That's mm-hmm. all I want. I just want one job where yep. I can be as mediocre as I want and still get paid money. Absolutely. I don't like, I don't like the idea that you have to be the best, the brightest, you have to be 
the number one and I'm like <sighs> I'm not exhausting that's literally exhausting I'm not the brightest bulb in the box but you know what I think I should still make a living wage I think yeah I every that. yeah you should still make a living wage uh, but I just don't I just it makes me so tired I'm yeah. just like I just want to I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it yeah. <laughs> and I not have to be like I have to do 47 things for my job even though it's not work time and I'm not getting paid to do it yep yep I want to type away on my silly little computer for a few hours and then at five o'clock I want to shut my laptop and not open it up again until the next day at 9 a.m is that too much to ask for yeah but you know i don't know what am i looking forward to i don't i literally don't know um uh maybe a different a job change i would hope for a job change um and that's pretty much all that's on my mind because <laughs> uh because <laughs> my mom asked me like four sessions into therapy are you cured and i'm like no not <laughs> like some would argue I'm worse. Yeah, some might argue I am worse. <laughs> some would argue that lots of can of worms have been opened that were previously sealed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I will not be cured of my mental illness <laughs> next year, so it's not even something I'm going to even think about. <laughs> Mine will still be riding shotgun right there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I guess let's introduce this I guess podcast subject? I don't know how how I want to name this or how I would like to introduce it. I guess, I guess, welcome to Taylor's version of this podcast, (laughs) which which is interesting. I'm holding up the applause poster. The crowd's going crazy, standing ovation, confetti cannons in the air. It's nuts in here, you guys. I usually ask, how are you introduced? Obviously, maybe here's a better question. How are you introduced to Taylor Swift or what are your thoughts on your introduction to twi- mm-hmm. Taylor Swift? Twailer? Mm. Twailer? How, how many years of school did I go to? Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, obviously now I'm the biggest fan on the planet and I, I have staked my claim. I've based my entire reputation on that. I actually did not like her when she first started. I can remember... Well, let's see. Her first album came out in 2006. So I guess I was either seven or eight. And I can remember, I think it was, it was Should Have Said No, or it was Teardrops on My Guitar. And I remember they were playing the music video on Disney Channel. And I changed the channel. And I remember saying to my brother, because we were watching it on the couch together, I was like, oh my God, I hate her. She sucks. So I actually made it a point of pride to hate Taylor in her early days. Um, Then... So I hated her from like 2006 to, I guess, 2011. And then out of nowhere, my cousin said, hey, I've got tickets to this Taylor Swift concert. Um, Do you want to go with me? And I still didn't like her at the time, but I didn't, I wasn't going to turn down a concert. I was fresh off of going to my very first concert, which was a Lady Gaga concert. And it was amazing. Still to this day, the best one I've ever been to. Um, And so I was like, oh my God, are all concerts like that? I want to go to as many as I can. So I told her yes. I was like, well, shit, I guess I have to start listening to her now and liking her. And so Speak Now, it was that tour. So that was the album that I started listening to. And then it was like a switch just flipped. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love her. So then, you know, I listened to Speak Now, I listened to Fearless, and then I listened to Taylor Swift, the debut album. And I was like, why did I ever hate her? This is 
this is great. She, you know, is a great lyricist. She's got that little country twang, even though I'm not a huge country music fan. Like there's just something about this that I really like. Um, so I think that's how, that's how I got into her. It just was, you know, totally by chance. I'm sure I would still be a fan now, even if I hadn't gone to that concert. Um, but it just, out of pure necessity that I wanted to know the words of the show, I started listening to her and the rest is history. We'll be right back after this break. Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Blazing Comments. I'm your host, Callie Kennedy. Blazing Comments is a podcast I created to connect with new friends and reconnect with old friends. It gives us an opportunity to talk about our favorite forms of media, such as movies, music, TV shows, and a few books. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy this episode of Blazing Comments. Wow. It is a great movie. Never gets old. Never gets old. I don't know anything about communication theory, but I know a lot about Legally Blonde now. (laughs) On today's episode of Blazing Comments, we will be discussing Fearless and Red, Taylor's version, with my friend Cullen. This is your spoiler warning if you have not listened to the albums Fearless or read Taylor's version, or I guess the original version, none of this will make sense. Um, also, if you don't like Taylor Swift, this won't make any sense. So, why did you click on this? Anyway, thank you. But we do like a little introduction. So, if you would like to introduce yourself, Okay. The podcast that only four people listen to. (laughs) Not after this one. Taylor's going to find it somehow. And it's going to be, we're going to enter a new era. It's all new era. It's all (laughs) happening. Well, my name is Cullen Hughes. I am a Swifty. I guess I should say that. Um, Still waiting on my official membership card to come in the mail to confirm that I am a Swifty. but, But I know I am deep down in my heart. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't really know what else to say besides that. My name is Cullen and I, I'm really excited to be here. All righty. Um, and then we just, I'd usually do these icebreaker questions just, uh, I guess because it's like a podcast where I talk to people I'm friends with, which we've known each other for a while. <laughs> while, yeah. A while. <laughs> um, but uh, I usually start off with uh, what pronouns do you use just to be, you know, courteous, you know, yes. manners. <laughs> My pronouns are he, him, his. Alrighty. <laughs> and yours? I am she, her. Okay. Uh, that that seemed like a weird statement, but yes, I use she and her. Um, I oftentimes also uh, talk to myself and I use we, and I talk to people, I'm like, we don't do that. And then I go, that sounds a bit strange. It sounds like there's more of me. 
it's there just the one. It's just, just me. us. Just us, meaning <laughs> mentally, I'm more than one person. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> There's a lot of people up in here. But. Yeah, they, they say a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and I always have to ask, how do we know each other or how did we meet? We were very small children. I was going to say, I don't. Was it St. Philip's or First Baptist that we? I, it was, I believe it was First Baptist okay. because you're older brother and I were in the same classes, I guess. Yes. Yes. Although I am, I was older than everybody because I had to repeat the second grade. I did not know that. (laughs) Yes. That's why I'm a genius now. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. I'm super smart. It's that first Baptist education. Oh yes. The fear. And then this fun one is if you had an entrance song, like in a movie, what would it be? Um, I, I'm very curious because people, a lot of people have different perceptions of themselves. Gosh, I have no idea. Or here's a better one to go thematically. What is a Taylor Swift song that you think describes your life or your life right now? Mm, my life right now, probably never grow up. Cause I think like that song is about her like moving into an apartment in a big city and she wishes she was young again and I just started a job in San Antonio so I'm in my little one bedroom apartment and I you know it's just weird after four years of college and having roommates every year suddenly I'm when I turn the light off there's no one that I'm like saying goodnight to or you know no one whose dishes are in the sink when I wake up in the morning it's just me and I wish that I was back home with my parents or you know had roommates so it's just it's weird growing up 23 feels like nothing is happening in 23 but also everything is changing yes that's what the year that I turned I graduated in 2018, which is, so I graduated at 23 and then like 10 days later, I turned 24. Mm-hmm. It was a weird time, but, um, there, is it a Blink-182 song? I don't know. There's a song that I've been listening to cause I, the Spotify playlist I've been listening to for most of this year, why most of my, um, Spotify rap was you listen to a lot of pop punk music for some reason and it's like nobody likes you at 23 I don't know who it is but being 23 where nobody likes you where you're just absolutely insufferable yeah I and I would agree after living through 23 I was like I was absolutely insufferable at 23 (laughs) I am embarrassed by like the person that I was three days ago so (laughs) from now I can't imagine what I'm gonna think of me in this moment. I'm probably going to text you a year from now and be like, please, God, delete this episode of the podcast. I hate this person. Like, give me a do-over. Can we re-record it? Can we re-release it? Can we do um, Callie and Cullen's version of the podcast? I want a redo. A redo. I'm loving it. I really wish that 2020 didn't count because then I could have insurance longer. But... I I agree. I think that we should all just... Oh, that, that was not a year. That was not a year. I did not turn 25 in 2020. No, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> mentally, I aged about like 20 years, but I, I'm, I, yeah. I count that. I feel like I could be 90 years old at yeah. this point. Yep. I'm just like, I spent, and even when I went to graduate, when I started graduate school and I talked to people, I was like, it's been so long. 
I don't remember how I used to laugh before the pandemic. Yeah. Because I sat so many days alone in the silence or watching Arrow, but that's not the point. Um, and I don't remember how I used to laugh. It is so strange. It, God, it's been so weird. Yeah. Or just. And it's, and it's like such a weirdly psychological thing to be like, how did I used to say that? Or how did I yeah. used to, like I said, laugh? Yeah. And it's like super weird. And everything is so exhausting. I'm like, how did I make it through a whole day before I get tired after like going to oh, the yeah. grocery store or something? Oh, Just yeah. one thing that in the past was like an ounce of my day. And now I'm like, that's it. I'm done for the day, guys. I went to HEB and I got 10 items. Like, don't talk to me for the rest of the week. I'm, I'm maxed out. I don't like how everything feels like it takes much longer to do. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, every time I have to go to the grocery store, it, like, takes an hour. It does. Good point. Good what point. happened? What happened in the last two to three years that it takes this much longer? What is going on, guys? What What's what's really going on? I want to know. Is it a time warp? Did y'all just lie to us and it's a time warp? <laughs> Where am I? Who are if we're going to go into another dimension, can it be a better one? Please. God, I'm Please. <laughs> Anything else. <laughs> anywhere anywhere oh my god um so moving on are you an early bird or a night owl i know you just said that you're like it knocks me out (laughs) i so i used to be a night owl i in college i was it was you know till four or five a.m just because that was that was when i did my best studying that was when i you know could focus the best um but now i've been and I hate it, but I've been waking up on my own at like 7.30 or 8 every morning. So I guess I'm slowly becoming a morning person, which I'm not super psyched about. It's not my favorite, but I think that's who I am now. I, I'm i a nightmare human. Um, I do not apparently, according to my therapist after talking to her about this, uh, I apparently have no... Uh, regulation of my circadian rhythm in a perfect world in a perfect world i would like to be a morning person an early bird like somebody that drinks their coffee on like a a nice patio or porch and like sees the sun rise and like i don't know talks to birds or some shit whatever they do whatever (laughs) whatever morning people do i don't know what they do Have it all together, I guess, is what they do. Have their whole life figured out. How many cups of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice do you have every morning? I am a coffee addict. Mm-hmm. I have to know if you're a coffee addict. <laughs> it is definitely coffee in the morning for me. I think I think I have like maybe two, two cups in my apartment. And then when I get to work, I think I have like two more cups throughout the day there. Um, so I guess four in total. So... That's not too bad. Um, because of my night classes, I was drinking like six to eight cups of coffee a day. It, like, it's just so good. It's so good, but it's also, I really do understand. Um, I took, as my un- in undergrad for my minor, I have a minor in psychology. I took a substance abuse course, mm-hmm. and caffeine is the number one addictive substance. And like when you really don't think about it, you're like, no, but when you really like sit down and think about it, you're like, okay, 
How many cups of coffee did you have? How many caffeinated teas did you have? How many sodas did you have that have caffeine in them? And you're like, oh yeah, that's truly an addiction. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. What are three of your favorite movies? Three of my favorite movies. Um, let's see. Grand Budapest Hotel is one yes. of my favorites. I love Wes Anderson. Um, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I remember loving it when I did see it and I've been wanting to watch it again so bad. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but I love that movie. Let's see. I love like old Hollywood classic movies. Um, so like Sunset Boulevard is probably one of my favorites. Timeless, I love it. Um, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, which sucks, um, but it's a great movie. And then let's see, I'll spice it up a little bit. Um, if we're thinking like rom-coms or something like that, The Other Woman is one of my favorite movies. The one with Kate Upton, Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, I think Nicki Minaj is in it for like five minutes. Yes. Great movie. I, that one should have won, like we were talking about earlier, you know, yeah. beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That one is a best picture winner in my mind. So uh, You're actually the first person that I have asked this question that said the Grand Budapest Hotel. That is one of my favorite movies. And I showed it to some of my friends and they're like, yeah, this is very much something that you would like. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And they're mm -hmm. like, it's just a very particular type of movie. Uh -huh. It like, just, it reminds me, anything Wes Anderson reminds me of like that one scene in Toy Story 2 where the guy's like cleaning up Woody, you know, yes. and he swabs his eyes and like stitches him up. It just, it scratches some part of your brain. Wes the detail, honestly, yes. the detail. Oh, great movie. Great movie. The Other Woman, also another one of my like backlog favorites. I usually mm. say like, one of my favorite movies is like Sense and Sensibility with uh, Emma Thompson, mm -hmm. um, Grand Budapest Hotel. And then like, I usually say, I don't know, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I watch that one a lot because it's my depression movie. <laughs> like when I'm like really having a bad time, I'll watch Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it could be Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> my depression movie is The Help. It, I don't know, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite books. It has been for as long as I can remember. I don't, I don't know if cancel culture has gotten to the help yet. I hope it doesn't because I really, really like that movie. But that it, I will sob the whole time. I will cry the whole time. I remember watching the movie and then reading the book and then rewatching the movie and then being like, I have. They've made choices. They made choices about what they cut out, and I was like, Yeah. They well, do. It turned. I've only read the book once. I feel like the book was a lot less like white savory yeah. than the movie was. But anything with Viola Davis, it as she is, she she's is something out. Yeah, she's great. And then again, Emma Stone, as we talked Classic. about earlier, Octavia Spencer, just a great cat. Jessica Chastain. The, it truly has a great cast. Uh, the film. Again, like you said, the white savory thing, I I have, I I can just say I have mixed feelings. There are a lot of things that I've rewatched in like the last two years where I'm like, uh, time was not kind to you. Mm -hmm. Did not age well. 
did not age well. No, no. And that's like, I, like I said, I love watching like old Hollywood movies, but it's so hard because sometimes you're just like 40 minutes into this movie and you really love it. And then, you know, they just make some comment about women that they probably shouldn't have made in that time, but especially yeah. now. And it, it just, it really takes it out of you because you're, you're so invested. Yeah. <laughs> Choices were made. They were not the right ones. You no, know, you just, you get those old white men executives in a room together and bad shit happens. And then you get movies like that. Yeah. And then, or you get like one of my, another one of my favorite movies, Charade with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. The age gap between them just, it feels wrong. Yeah. Love the movie, love the characters, love them together. But you really, you sit there and you think about the age difference between Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn at the time. And you're like, this just feels wrong. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've come a long way, but also not very far at all. No, yeah, still it still happens now. You still have a forty to sixty year old man with some woman that's between the ages of nineteen and thirty. Uh-huh. You're like, uh, I I really have a problem with people ages but a number after you're eighteen. I'm like, yeah, but well, that's this will come up when we talk about all too well. They are a child. Even at 18 or 19, that is a child. It, you're right. Age is just a number, but numbers are important sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think for legal reasons, a very big deal. For I think legal reasons, they're important. Counting is a crucial backbone of our society, guys. So let's keep this in mind. Yes. And then I guess just to round off these icebreaker questions before we get into some I don't know it might be dramatic I feel like it might be a little bit dramatic um what are you looking forward to in 2022 what am I looking forward to on a lighter note I am really looking forward to finally making french onion soup in my apartment I love french onion soup I finally have I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation I finally have like a lay crusade pot and I have been dying to cook French onion soup and just haven't had time. Um, but I've actually got it booked on my calendar that the second weekend in January is French onion soup cooking time. So I'm very excited for that. Um, let's see something more serious. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like nothing is going how I've envisioned it. Not in a bad way. Yeah. I, mean, I like where I'm at right now. But, you know, six months ago, if I'd envisioned where I'd be right now, it would not be, you know, in this job that I have. Also having to do Uber Eats on the side so that I can afford to pay rent. So I don't know what 2022 is going to hold. Hopefully a, a different job or the same job with better pay. Um, but hopefully that's somewhere in there. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had job interviews in the past where they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And you're like, uh, hopefully alive. Like, and they're like, that's not a good enough answer. I want you to give me like uh, bullet points. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in the next two hours. I, I don't in my five year plan you know, the job that I'm working, the job that I have isn't what comes to my mind first. I don't, I don't dream 
of working. That's not really. <laughs> I'm gonna go wherever. I the don't have a. Is. You're you're saying you do not have a dream job. You do not dream of labor. I don't dream of labor. I really <laughs> don't. I would love to work for Disney. Maybe that's the one labor that I dream of doing is doing marketing for the Disney parks. But guys, I mean, early retirement is the goal here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go wherever the money is so that I can get the hell out of the rat race as quick as possible. I do not. I I don't know how, if I've said this on the podcast before. I hate hustle culture. I hate it. I just want to be able to one day work one job and not have to worry about making more money on the side to get to ends meet. That's mm-hmm. all I want. I just want one job where yep. I can be as mediocre as I want and still get paid money. Absolutely. I don't like I don't like the idea that you have to be the best, the brightest, you have to be the number one. And I'm like I'm not exhausting. That's literally exhausting. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. But you know what? I think I should still make a living wage. I think yeah, every yeah, you should still make a living wage. Uh, but I just don't I just it makes me so tired. I'm just like, I just wanna I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it yeah. <laughs> and I not just, have to be like, I have to do 47 things for my job, even though it's not work time and I'm not getting paid to do it. Yep. Yep. I want to type away on my silly little computer for a few hours. And then at five o'clock, I want to shut my laptop and not open it up again until the next day at 9 a.m. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. What am I looking forward to? I don't I literally don't know. Um uh, maybe a different a job change. I would hope for a job change, um, and that's pretty much all that's on my mind. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mom asked me like four sessions into therapy, "Are you cured?" I'm like, "No." Not <laughs> like some would argue I'm worse. Yeah, some might argue I am worse. <laughs> some would argue that lots of can of worms have been opened that were previously sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know I will not be cured of my mental illness next year. So it's not even something I'm going to even think about. Mine will still be riding shotgun right there. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I guess let's introduce this, I guess, podcast subject. I don't know how how I want to name this. Or how I would like to introduce it. I guess, I guess, welcome to Taylor's version of this podcast. Which is interesting. I'm holding up the applause poster. The crowd's going crazy. Standing ovation. You know, confetti cannons in the air. It's nuts in here, you guys. I usually ask, how are you introduced? Obviously. Maybe here's a better question. How are you introduced to Taylor Swift or what are your thoughts on your introduction to Twi- mm-hmm. Taylor Swift? Twailer? Mm. Twailer? How many years of school did I go to? Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, obviously now I'm the biggest fan on the planet and I, I have staked my claim. I've based my entire reputation on that. I actually did not like her when she first started. I can remember... Well, let's see. Her first album came out in 2006. So I guess I was either seven or eight. And I can remember, I think it was, it was Should Have Said No, or it was Teardrops on My Guitar. And I remember they were playing the music video on Disney Channel. And I changed the channel. And I remember saying to my brother, because we were watching it on the couch together, I was like, oh my God, I hate her. She sucks. So I actually made it a point of pride to hate Taylor in her early days. Um, Then... 
So I hated her from like 2006 to, I guess, 2011. And then out of nowhere, my cousin said, hey, I've got tickets to this Taylor Swift concert. Um, do you want to go with me? And I still didn't like her at the time, but I didn't. I wasn't going to turn down a concert. I was fresh off of going to my very first concert, which was a Lady Gaga concert. And it was amazing. Still to this day, the best one I've ever been to. Um, and so I was like, oh my God, are all concerts like that? I want to go to as many as I can. So I told her yes. I was like, well, shit, I guess I have to start listening to her now and liking her. And so Speak Now, it was that tour. So that was the album that I started listening to. And then it was like a switch just flipped. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love her. So then, you know, I listened to Speak Now, I listened to Fearless, and then I listened to Taylor Swift, the debut album. And I was like, why did I ever hate her? This is, this is great. She you know, is a great lyricist. She's got that little country twang, even though I'm not a huge country music fan. Like there's just something about this that I really like. Um, so I think that's how, that's how I got into her. It just was, you know, totally by chance. I'm sure I would still be a fan now, even if I hadn't gone to that concert. Um, but it just, out of pure necessity that I wanted to know the words of the show, I started listening to her and the rest is history. We'll be right back after this break. back to continue this conversation i i guess you've never been yelled at <laughs> if you, that's what you're complaining about you've never been worked a customer service job where people have yelled at you for no reason right <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry here people yeah <laughs> and i just i don't know and getting into my little tab here that says what are things you disliked about this album or the jake gyllenhaal hate hour <laughs> I, I thought it was so clever with that. <laughs> I I know we've already talked about it. I definitely disliked the, I guess, modern things she put into the 10 minute version. I wish she would have just, I don't honestly know if she wrote a 10 minute version or if that was just something she said in an interview a few years ago and then people just latched onto that idea. And so she was like, well, fuck, now I gotta, now I gotta pretend like I did this. I don't know what the truth is and we'll probably never know, but I wish the lyrics had matched the rest of the song that, you know, that that poor 21 year old Taylor was feeling when Jake Gyllenhaal didn't show up to her birthday party. Um, I, have, I have so many questions. And like, again, we talked about uh, age is just a number, but sometimes those numbers are important. Sometimes they matter, people. Because he was, oh, I guess he was- 30 years old? Yeah, or and like when Speak Now Taylor's version comes out and people that have never heard- John Mayer, oh my God. I'm ready for that shit story. (laughs) God, it's going to be a dumpster fire. I guess she's been 32 for six days now, so I can't, you can't say this anymore. But up until six days ago, she was still not as old as John Mayer was when they dated. He was, she was 19 and he was 32. Yeah. And you know what the weirdest thing about it is, is like John Mayer creates 
okay music. Like, I guess it's kind of in our next national lexicon. Like, some of his songs are, like, really important mm-hmm. to, to to something. I don't know. But, like, he seems like not a nice person no. in general. No. And I'm like, why does everybody give him, like, so much slack? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, what what's the popular John Mayer song? Daughters, I think, is a popular one. Um, yeah, and then what is my- it? That one from Continuum, what is it? Uh, I don't remember, but I know the album because I downloaded the song. And then I was like, I think I watched something about him and I was like, he seems like an asshole and I don't approve. Good songs. But I'm like, if I'm if I have to pick a side in that divorce, I'm going with mom. I'm yeah. team Taylor. I mean, I'm always team Taylor. She's never oh. been wrong in her entire life, but... <laughs> and then, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. They make yes, a joke about, about John Mayer's houseboat. <laughs> and then I was like, that cements it. He seems like a, a dickweed. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I miss that show. That's also a fun show to watch. Um, I love uh, Titus Burgess. I love him. <laughs> He's no, so funny. Fun. That show is so quick. I felt like I had to watch episodes like two or three times to catch all the jokes. Pretty much. Um, but like like that, John Mayer just does not seem like a reliable character. And I hope he gets what is coming to him for uh, dating a 19-year-old when he was I, I think that John Mayer deserves it worse than... That's, she was a child. Like I told you earlier, 18, 19, that's a child. Yes. Just because you can legally vote does not mean they are not a child. No, I didn't know anything at 19. I didn't know a damn thing. Dumber than a box of rocks. Seriously. I was in my first semester of college. (laughs) Literally didn't know anything. No, knew nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, gosh. I can't wait for Speak Now. Can't wait for Speak Now, Taylor's version. I remember... um, is the one, what is it? The one where she, the song about where she, like she has like a little wedding and she, I think it's, is it Lucas now. Till? Hmm? Speak now. Where Maybe it is. It's on Speak the, Now. Is it Speak Now? Uh-huh. Hear the preacher say Speak Now or Forever, Hold Your Peace. Yeah, something like that. I remember that in high school, this has stuck with me. I she, This girl was talking about her music videos at that time, and she was like, I just wish she wouldn't play herself in these music videos. And I just, that's something that stuck with me, but I'm like, because she's telling a story and she is the storyteller, so why would she not put herself into the visual story? I th- that just sounds like I like grasping at straws, trying to find reasons to dislike her. But then again, you got to remember, hipster. It was prop during hipster times. That was the 2010s. God, and then poor girl dated Harry Styles for two or three months, and that just. Oh I just I feel like war. I feel like that has been the tea that has been the like main focus of most people because first of all it's intriguing but it they also their relationship didn't last that long so I don't know why it's had this such this long time in our national zeitgeist of like Taylor Swift dated Harry Styles <laughs> I am still not convinced that it was not a publicity stunt but I, I'm I, glad that- Go ahead. 
Well, now that I found out about PR couples, I'm like, how many of these people were actually people that she actually dated for like right. real? Right. Because <laughs> like, now I'm not so convinced. I'm like, it all has to be a PR, right. PR stunt. Taylor Swift is an invention of the media. She is not, she's not real. She's not a real person. <laughs> I, I'm glad that Harry and Taylor are friends. I would love for him to be featured on Style. Taylor's version, I think the universe would implode. Um, but I, that, I think- That would be, be, I could die happy. I could Seriously. die happy if that happened. I would need nothing else from this life. Exactly, because 1989, I guess because it was my first entree into being like, yes, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Um, and then I listened to it for two solid years. Right. I like that's ingrained in my brain. Yep. Special time. It was it was a special time because I was also like 18, 19, dumber than a box of rocks. Right. Good times. <laughs> classic, classic classic times um and then i have this kind of like idea of uh so i when we do like movies and tv shows i kind of ask this question about if they did a remake and obviously she's doing quote unquote a remake or Mm re-recording um what uh genre change would you choose to record a taylor swift album in like if you could choose any one of them what different music genre would you like to hear it in i so i don't know if you have seen the um 1989 tour movie um or if you went to the show but she did at that concert she did we are never ever getting back together in like a rock version And obviously Red Taylor's version has come out already. So I can't say I want to hear that one in a rock version. So maybe 1989 in a rock version, but that was just such a cool way to do that song. And it showed like a side of her voice that I never heard before. So I think a rock version of 1989 would be really cool. I'd also love to hear a version of Reputation just without so much bass. Um, Yeah. This is probably like my most controversial Taylor Swift opinion. I just, I don't like reputation. It is not getaway car is either my number one or my number two Taylor song of all time, but reputation album as a whole is a hard sell for me. I controversial to your opinion. I really like it. I mean, there are obviously certain things I don't like about it. I've talked to Ari about this, about I don't really necessarily like the look what you made me do and everyone's like argument that's satirical, but I'm like, yes, but you have to understand satire. And if people don't understand satire, they can construe it as, oh, you made me do this. So yeah. now it's my problem type right. thing. I'm like, right. in that context, I'm just like, uh, yeah, there's uh, a <laughs> reputation is the CD that's in my CD player right now, so I can't say anything. There are there are great like don't blame me, great song. I love oh, yes. So It Goes. I love Getaway Car. It just I felt I couldn't forced, like as much as I wanted to. I felt like she was in the studio one day and just like discovered the bass button for the first time and then just I can I can see it. that. I know what you mean. It was it kind of is overbearing, and you kind of lose the 
the storytelling element that um, she is so good at. When you have overpowering bass, that's right. all you think about and all you hear. You right. can't focus on any kind of like storytelling elements. And I, I get it. I know that that was what she had to do to get out of all the hate she was getting. And that was what her comeback had to be. It had to be that dark base. I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. I'm going to become the snake that you want me to be. So I, I get it and I appreciate it. And I, she is so smart to know that that's what she had to do at that point in her career to save herself. But yeah, I mean, if I'm comparing reputation to like speak now or folklore, no contest for me, but. I don't, you probably have seen this, you're a big Swifty, but have you seen the like, is, I don't know if it's text post or it's just like an Instagram post where it's like they face um, reputation and lover t- together and then folklore and evermore. And they're like, folklore and evermore are the sisters that love each other and reputation and lover are the sisters that hate each other. So true. And I just, I find that so funny. <laughs> I have, I don't know what the truth is, but I, I know it's like a conspiracy that you know, Lover was supposed to follow 1989 and then she started getting all this hate. She's like, oh my God, I have to, I have to do something different. And so reputation was just kind of written once everything turned on her, which I guess makes sense. Um, Cause I, you know, I think there are songs on Lover that could easily go on 1989 and vice versa. Yeah. But... Some of the more acoustic-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can hear I could hear Lover on 1989 and I feel like it would be in the same like vein. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's just me thinking about it from memory, not listening to it like side by side. <laughs> Your memory is a liar if you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> um, and then, what kind of story elements did you enjoy about these re-recordings? Because hmm. they kind of tell you, so you're seeing them from when she's like 18 and 22, and now she's 31, 32, and it's just like a different, it has different context now. Yeah. That is a great, my cat is scratching the furniture, even though I tell him not to. Okay, he stopped. Um, I don't know. That That is a great question. I am, I'm, kind of bad about that I can't really I don't know if I really like separate I don't know hmm I I find Fearless Fearless is an album that I could see being released like if she wrote it today and released it alongside Folklore Evermore it makes sense Mm -hmm. it goes into that vein and it and all the songs on Fearless are coming back into the zeitgeist popularity on TikTok, which I find super interesting. <laughs> and don't get me started on everyone using Love Story and not knowing it's a Taylor Swift song. And then yeah. my brain, my brain breaking. And I'm like, what? For <laughs> eons, people, come on. They were like, it's new. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? You're four. Huh? <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> the youth they make me feel old all the time they're just so young they're so mm-hmm. full of life and spry and, I, and I'm so old and feeble and weak how do they do it I don't know 
They know all the trends. I don't know how those. They work. do. They keep up with pop culture, and I just can't anymore. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> I don't even watch the actual news, so how am I supposed to know anything? Exactly. Exactly. But I, uh, like I, and read, I, before re-listening to them recently, I probably would have said Red was my favorite, but honestly, re-listening to Fearless, um, Taylor ver- Taylor's version, I feel like I would lean more towards fear- Fearless than Red. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like Fearless it's more of the vibe right now. Yeah. Fearless is a great, I mean, Forever and Always, The Other Side of the Door, Oh God, what's the other one? What's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, the way see. I loved you. Great songs. And there was, um, I did not mark it, but there's a song that I was like, this could be paralleled with a song that's on Evermore where she's talking about everybody wants you, so I don't want you anymore. Mm. But, but in Fearless, it's like, I can't believe I can't, I get to be with you even though everybody wants you type. Like that's, yeah. that's the vibe, the general vibe. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one it was. And I was like, I should have made a note when I was, in the moment but i was driving so safety first <laughs> uh, but i found i found that really interesting like yeah. kind of like it fits the this arc she's having at the moment yeah. yeah one thing i will say and i'm glad she did it because i love this song i was surprised that untouchable was on fearless taylor's version because she didn't write that song she covered it from this like punk metal band but it was scott borchetta's favorite song who's the head of big machine records who sold her masters to scooter braun and started this you know whole debacle so i really wasn't expecting untouchable to be on it because i was like why would why would you re-record that if she originally did it for him and now he's scum of the earth but then i get you know i guess it was well, I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to record it just because I'm not going to not record it just because he sucks. And I love that song. So I'm really glad I was surprised that she did it, but I was pleasantly surprised. That is interesting. And then I, let me look back over here at red. Red is a, I don't know. It feels in my mind from listening to it just recently like I re-listened to it a little bit before we popped onto this mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like it it's a bit disjointed in my opinion mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know there's just something that doesn't quite sit right with some of these songs like they're not thematically similar and they I don't know it's just and she, weird I think it was in the 1989 tour movie where she said that that she thinks that the reason Red didn't win album of the year at the Grammys was because it wasn't sonically cohesive and so I know that was a big part of 1989 for her was all of these songs need to fit together and that makes sense you know when you go back and listen to um, Red you go from I knew you were trouble the next track is all too well then the next track is 22. It, ju- it was a lot of jumping. So uh, see, even I didn't know any of that. <laughs> That's something I picked out, which is yeah, yeah. interesting. And I it, I feel like it makes sense for an album. And I think, you know, when Red first came out, she maybe said that like, all these songs are so different because love is so different to so many people. And it, it feels so many different ways. And you know how you sell an album. Yeah, but uh, again, going back to, this is very much something a 22 year old would do. Right. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. And that and that idea. 
it's very neat to get to hear these again from, you know, the voice of this 32-year-old woman, but the lyrics of, you know, 21, 22-year-old her. It's very interesting. As terrible as her not owning her masters is, I'm glad that we get this Mm -hmm. cool thing. And I I just Googled this earlier and it's like, now she has uh, four to go. So she has to re-record like her debut Taylor Swift, Speak Now, 1989 and Reputation. And I didn't even realize that 1989 and Reputation weren't in, like, cause they, 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 they follow a thematic, they follow a theme for each album and it feels like they're part of a new version but you don't yes. realize it <laughs> she doesn't own them right right no i feel like there's a big difference between the albums taylor swift through red and 1989 through evermore and maybe it was just yeah. like that pivot to going completely pop or kind of doing her own thing but it it is weird to me that like fearless and taylor swift are in the same category as 1989 in reputation yes and that's something that kind of mind-boggling i like i was like oh and i'm like i don't know if like i know she wants to re-record them so they're she owns them but like with 1989 it's in reputation there's kind of like so recent that's kind of mm-hmm. like almost like a why yeah yeah and also when 1989 came out like a year later uh i can't remember what artist did or like a cover of the whole album ryan adams i think or brian I th- adams something. i think so i think i downloaded it i tried to look for it the other day and i was like it was pretty good i mean it was 1989 yeah yeah can't go wrong of course perfect material but his was it was obviously different from Taylor's original version. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what she does to kind of like make it her own, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And maybe if she re-records <laughs> Reputation, she won't do so much of a bass. Yeah, hopefully someone will kind of pull her hand away from the bass. Like, no. But easy, easy girl. You already made your point once. We, we get it. Message received. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back after this break. And we're back to continue this conversation. I, I guess you've never been yelled at. <laughs> if you, that's what you're complaining about. You've never been, worked a customer service job where people have yelled at you for no reason. Right. <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry here, people. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. And getting into my little tab here that says, what are things you disliked about this album? Or the Jake Gyllenhaal hate hour. <laughs> I, I thought I was so clever with that. <laughs> I I know we've already talked about it. I definitely disliked the, I guess, modern things she put into the 10 minute version. I wish she would have just, I don't honestly know if she wrote a 10 minute version or if that was just something she said in an interview a few years ago and then people just latched onto that idea. And so she was like, well, fuck, now I gotta, now I got to pretend like I did this. I don't know what the truth is and we'll probably never know, but I wish the lyrics had matched 
the rest of the song that, you know, that that poor 21-year-old Taylor was feeling when Jake Gyllenhaal didn't show up to her birthday party. Um, I, I, have, I have so many questions. And like, again, we talked about uh, age is just a number, but sometimes those numbers are important. Sometimes they matter, people. Because he was, oh, I guess he was- 30 years old? Yeah, or and like when- Speak Now Taylor's version comes out and people that have never heard John Mayer oh my god I'm ready for that shit story (laughs) god it's gonna be a dumpster fire I guess she's been 32 for six days now so I can't you can't say this anymore but up until six days ago she was still not as old as John Mayer was when they dated he was she was 19 and he was 32 yeah and you know what the weirdest thing about it is is like John Mayer creates okay music like I guess it's kind of in our next national lexicon like some of his songs are like really important to, to, to something I don't know but like he seems like not a nice person no. in general no and I'm like why does everybody give him like so much slack like I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, what what's the popular John Mayer song? Daughters, I think, is a popular one. Um, yeah, and then what is my- it? That one from Continuum, what is it? Uh, I don't remember, but I know the album because I downloaded the song. And then I was like, I think I watched something about him and I was like, he seems like an asshole and I don't approve. Good songs, but I'm like, if I'm... If I have to pick a side in that divorce, I'm going with mom. I'm yeah. team Taylor. I mean, I'm always team Taylor. She's never oh. been wrong in her entire life. But and then I don't know if you ever watched uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. They make yes, a joke about about John Mayer's houseboat. <laughs> and then I was like, that cements it. He seems like a, a dick weed. <laughs> oh my god. god! I miss that show. That's also a fun show to watch. Um, I love uh, Titus Burgess. I love him. <laughs> He's no, so funny. That show is so quick. I felt like I had to watch episodes like two or three times to catch all the jokes. Pretty much. Um, but like like that, John Mayer just does not seem like a reliable character. And I hope he gets what is coming to him for uh, dating a 19-year-old when he was I, I think that John Mayer deserves it worse than that's, Jake She was a child, like I told you earlier, 18, 19, that's a child. Yes, yeah. Just because you can legally vote does not mean they are not a child. No, I didn't know anything at 19. I didn't 19? know a damn thing. Dumber than a box of rocks. Seriously. I was in my first semester of college. <laughs> Literally didn't know anything. No, knew nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, gosh. I can't wait for Speak Now. Can't wait for Speak Now, Taylor's version. I remember, um, is the one, what is it? The one where she, the song about where, like, she has, like, a little wedding, and she, I think it's, is it Lucas Till? Hmm? Speak now. Where maybe it is. It's on. Speak the, now. Is it speak now? Uh-huh. Hear the preacher say, "Speak now or forever." Hold your peace. Yeah, something like that. I remember that in high school. This is stuck with me. I she, this girl was talking about her music videos at that time, and she was like, "I just wish she wouldn't play herself in these music videos." And I just that's something that stuck with me. But I'm like, because 
she's telling a story and she is the storyteller. So why would she not put herself into the visual story? I, that just sounds like, I like grasping at straws, trying to find reasons to dislike her. But then again, you gotta remember, it was probably during hipster times. That was- The 2010s. God, and then poor girl dated Harry Styles for two or three months and that just- I just, I feel like- War. I feel like that has been the tea that has been the like main focus of most people. Because first of all, it's intriguing, but it they also their relationship didn't last that long. So I don't know why it's had this such this long time in our national zeitgeist of like Taylor Swift dated Harry Styles. <laughs> I am still not convinced that it was not a publicity stunt. But I, I'm I, glad that go ahead. Well, now that I found out about PR couples, I'm like, how many of these people were actually people that she actually dated for right. like real? Right. <laughs> Because, like, now I'm not so convinced. I'm like, it all has to be a PR PR stunt. Taylor Swift is an invention of the media. She is not, she's not real. She's not a real person. I'm glad that Harry and Taylor are friends. I would love for him to be featured on style. Taylor's version, I think the universe would implode. Um, But I I think- That would be, I could die happy. I could die happy if that happened. I would need nothing else from this life. Exactly, because 1989, I guess because it was my first entree into being like, yes, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Um, And then I listened to it for two solid years. Right. I like that's ingrained in my brain. Yep. Special time. It was it was a special time because I was also like 18, 19, dumber than a box of rocks. Right. Good times. (laughs) Classic, classic classic times um and then i have this kind of like idea of uh so i when we do like movies and tv shows i kind of ask this question about if they did a remake and obviously she's doing quote unquote a remake or Mm re-recording um what uh genre change would you choose to record a taylor swift album in like if you could choose any one of them what different music genre would you like to hear it in i so i don't know if you have seen the um 1989 tour movie um or if you went to the show but she did at that concert she did we are never ever getting back together in like a rock version and obviously red taylor's version has come out already so i can't say i want to hear that one in a rock version so maybe 1989 in a rock version but that was just such a cool way to do that song and it showed like a side of her voice that i never heard before so i think a rock version of 1989 would be really cool i'd also love to hear a version of reputation just without so much bass um yeah um, this it probably like my most controversial Taylor Swift opinion. I just, I don't like reputation. It is not getaway car is either my number one or my number two Taylor song of all time, but reputation album as a whole is a hard sell for me. I controversial to your opinion. I really like it. I mean, there are obviously certain things I don't like about it. I've talked to Ari about this, about I don't really necessarily like the look what you made me do. And everyone's like argument that's satirical, but I'm like, 
Yes, but you have to understand satire. And if people don't understand satire, they can construe it as, oh, you made me do this. So yeah. now it's my problem type right. thing. And I'm like, right. in that context, I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. There's uh, a- <laughs> Reputation is the CD that's in my CD player right now. So I can't <laughs> say anything. There are, there are great, like, don't blame me. Great song. I love oh, yes. So It Goes. I love Getaway Car. It just, I felt, I couldn't it forced, like too it much as I forced. wanted to. I felt like she was in the studio one day and just like discovered the bass button for the first time and then just. just I can, I can see it. that. I know what you mean. It was, it kind of is overbearing and you kind of lose the the storytelling element now um she is so good at when you have overpowering bass that's right. all you think about and all you hear you right. can't focus on any kind of like storytelling elements and i i get it i know that that was what she had to do to get out of all the hate she was getting and that was what her comeback had to be it had to be that dark bass i'm gonna show you something you've never seen before i'm gonna become the snake that you want me to be so i i get it and i appreciate it and i she is so smart to know that that's what she had to do at that point in her career to save herself but yeah i mean if i'm comparing reputation to like speak now or folklore no contest for me but i don't you probably have seen this you're a big swifty but have you seen the like is i don't know if it's text post or it's just like an instagram post where it's like they face um reputation and lover together and then folklore and evermore they're like folklore and evermore the sisters that love each other and reputation and lover are the sisters that hate each other so true and i just i find that so funny (laughs) i have i don't know what the truth is but I, I know it's like a conspiracy that you know lover was supposed to follow 1989 and then she started getting all this hate she's like oh my god i have to i have to do something different and so reputation was just kind of written once everything turned on her which i guess makes sense um because i you know i think there are songs on lover that could easily go on 1989 and vice yeah but, some of the more acoustic-y mm-hmm. yeah yeah I can I can hear I could hear Lover on 1989 and I feel like it would be in the same like vein. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's just me thinking about it from memory, not listening to it like side by side. <laughs> Your memory is a liar if you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> um, and then, what kind of story elements did you enjoy about these re-recordings? Because hmm. they kind of tell you, so you're seeing them from when she's like 18 and 22, and now she's 31, 32, and it's just like a different, it has different context now. Yeah. That is a great, my cat is scratching the furniture, even though I tell him not to. Okay, he stopped. Um, I don't know. That That is a great question. I am, I'm, kind of bad about that I can't really I don't know if I really like separate I don't know hmm I I find Fearless Fearless is an album that I could see being released like if she wrote it today and released it alongside 
folklore evermore it makes sense mm-hmm. it goes into that vein and it and all the songs on fearless are coming back into the zeitgeist popularity on tiktok which i find super interesting and don't get me started on everyone using love story and not knowing it's a taylor swift song and then yeah. my brain my brain breaking i'm like <laughs> what for eons people come on they were like it's new and i'm like <laughs> what what you're poor huh? <laughs> don't get me started the youths that make me feel old all the time they're just so young they're so mm-hmm. full of life and spry and I, i'm so old and feeble and weak how do they do it i don't know <laughs> they know all the trends i don't know how those they work. do they keep up with pop culture and i just can't anymore it's too much yeah it's too much. <laughs> i don't even watch the actual news so how am i supposed to know anything exactly exactly but I, uh, like I, and Red, I, before re-listening to them recently, I probably would have said Red was my favorite, but honestly, re-listening to Fearless, um, Taylor ver- Taylor's version, I feel like I would lean more towards fear- Fearless than Red. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like Fearless it's more of the vibe right now. Yeah. Fearless is a great, I mean, forever and always, the other side of the door, Oh God! What's the other one? What's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, the way see. I loved you. Great songs. And there was um, I did not mark it, but there's a song that I was like, this could be paralleled with a song that's on Evermore, where she's talking about everybody wants you, so I don't want you anymore. Mm. But but in Fearless, it's like I can't believe I can't I get to be with you, even though everybody wants you. Type like that's yeah. that's the vibe, the general vibe. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one it was. And I was like, I should have made a note when I was in the moment, but I was driving. So safety first. (laughs) Uh, But I found, I found that really interesting. Like kind of like it fits the, this arc she's having at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say, and I'm glad she did it because I love this song. I was surprised that untouchable was on fearless Taylor's version because she didn't write that song. She covered it from this like, punk metal band but it was scott borchetta's favorite song who's the head of big machine records who sold her masters to scooter braun and started this you know whole debacle so i really wasn't expecting untouchable to be on it because i was like why would why would she re-record that if she originally did it for him and now he's scum of the earth but then i get you know i guess it was well, I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to record it just because I'm not going to not record it just because he sucks. And I love that song. So I'm really glad I was surprised that she did it, but I was pleasantly surprised. That is interesting. And then I, let me look back over here at red. Red is a, I don't know. It feels in my mind from listening to it just recently like I re-listened to it a little bit before we popped onto this mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like it it's a bit disjointed in my opinion mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know there's just something that doesn't quite sit right with some of these songs like they're not thematically similar and they I don't know it's just and she, weird I think it was in the 1989 tour movie where she said that that she thinks that the reason Red didn't win 
album of the year at the Grammys was because it wasn't sonically cohesive. And so I know that was a big part of 1989 for her was all of these songs need to fit together. And that makes sense, you know, when you go back and listen to um, Red, you go from I Knew You Were Trouble, the next track is All Too Well, then the next track is 22. It, ju- it was a lot of jumping. So uh, see, even I didn't know any of that. <laughs> That's something I picked out, which is yeah, yeah. interesting. And I it, I feel like it makes sense for an album. And I think, you know, when Red first came out, she maybe said that like, all these songs are so different because love is so different to so many people. And it, it feels so many different ways in the you know, how you sell an album. Yeah, but uh, again, going back to, this is very much something a 22 year old would do. Right. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. And that and that idea. It's very neat to get to hear these again from, you know, the voice of this 32 year old woman, but the lyrics of, you know, 21, 22 year old her. It's very interesting. Yeah. As terrible as her not owning her masters is, I'm glad that we get this Mm -hmm. cool thing. And I, I just Googled this earlier and it's like, now she has uh, four to go. So she has to re-record like her debut Taylor Swift, Speak Now, 1989 and Reputation. And I didn't even realize that 1989 and Reputation weren't in, like, cause they, 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 they follow a thematic, they follow a theme for each album and it feels like they're part of a new version, but you don't yes. realize it. <laughs> She doesn't own them. Right, right. No, I feel like there's a big difference between the albums Taylor Swift through Red and 1989 through Evermore. And maybe it was just yeah. like that pivot to going completely pop or kind of doing her own thing. But it it is weird to me that like Fearless and Taylor Swift are in the same category as 1989 in Reputation. Yes, and that's something that kind of mind-boggling. I like I was like, oh. And I'm like, I don't know if, like, I know she wants to re-record them, so they're, she owns them. But like with 1989, it's in reputation, they're kind of like so recent that it's kind of mm-hmm. like almost like a why. Yeah, yeah. And also when 1989 came out, like a year later, uh, I can't remember what artist did a, like a cover of the whole album. Brian Adams, I think, or Brian th- Adams something. I think so. I think I downloaded it. I tried to look for it the other day, and I was like, it was pretty good. I mean, it was 1989. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> of course. Perfect material. But his was, it was obviously different from Taylor's original version. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what she does to kind of like make it her own, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And maybe if she re-records <laughs> Reputation, she won't do so much of a bass. Yeah, hopefully someone will kind of pull her hand away from the bass. Like, no. But easy, easy, girl. You already made your point once. We, we get it. Message received. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. 